Hey guys, and welcome back to the <coughs> Natty Scene. And today we are joined by a very, very cool guest in the form of Matt Argyle. And Matt, who, if you don't know Matt, is a, a multiple lightweight champion and is a WNBF professional bodybuilder. He's, uh, he's competed across mainly the, from as far as I know, the MPA and the UK DFBA, obviously up until getting his WNBF Pro card and now pretty much committing to competing in WNBF sanctioned events or WNBF events across the board. But uh, he's, he's definitely well known for his success within the MPA, winning multiple lightweight British titles. As I can remember first seeing Matt in 2015, and I believe you took the lightweight British in, in that year, um, which was obviously a good year for you. Um, and then obviously multiple years and competing out in the WNBF and going to the Worlds. And so me and Matt have obviously shared, albeit I've only been out once, but we've shared the experience of going out with the UK DFBA and, and know exactly what that's like in terms of uh, the hospitality and uh, amazing family support that you receive uh, upon going out on that event. So it's great to have you, Matt. And uh, essentially, guys, we're just going to be talking through Matt's career so far. And hopefully you'll leave this podcast with a few tidbits of lessons that Matt has learned and obviously getting to know Matt a little bit more. So, Matt, if you could sort of initially give us the, the, the bare bones of your bodybuilding journey and, and tell us where you started. I think it would be a great place to start the podcast. So what initially got you into bodybuilding itself? OK, sure. First, uh, thanks for having me on, AJ. Fanny of podcast. I started training um, when I was at school, probably 13, I think I was. Um, probably because I knew back then that all the cool kids were uh, yeah, by the bike shed smoking, and I thought <laughs> that's a bit of a mugs game. So, um, you know, I think I can uh, spend my time a bit better than this. Sure. So I got into the gym. Uh, I think my, my brother, he messed around with weights as well. So there's always a few dumbbells and barbells kicking around. Was he older than you or younger? Yeah, he's, he's nine years older than me. So I suppose perhaps I looked up to him more. I don't know. Yeah, sure. But um, so yeah, all the cool kids were doing their thing. So I was off in the school gym in my lunchtime, mm-hmm. hitting the weights then, you know, and I've gone really well with it and fell in love with it. And uh, it's a good, you know, good way to spend my time, really. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I've been training ever since, you know, ever since that day back at school. Did you yeah, did you notice gains like come significantly faster than others? Would would you say that you were genetically a fast responder to to training with weights? I've always been pretty good at sports. You know, I could always take up sports pretty well. You know, I was always um, <clears throat> at school. I was really really quick. Sure, uh, sprinter for say maybe thirty, forty, fifty meters. Okay, nobody could touch me because I was quite explosive and things like hitting a ball, you know, like a baseball for instance, I could hit it further than people twice my size you know so interesting yeah so it's it's always been there yeah i've always pretty pretty defined i've always i was quite small at school you know so obviously short now naturally quite lean yeah naturally pretty lean but i always had you know not bad shape to me you know you could always see me abs and things like that you know yeah yeah so yeah i'm really good foundation i guess and, and from a sort of uh you know we know especially when i started even when i started and the, the, the level of of data and well information that we could gather as a as a young trainee was vast when I was young I, I still didn't quite grasp onto that and I certainly 
I certainly didn't grasp onto it as much as I see some of the younger guys doing now nowadays. So, in where did you learn your sort of your workouts and what you ate? Where did you initially learn that? Was it through other people, or were you reading blogs, magazines, forums, etc.? I mean, people today, I think, have got it too easy. You know, there's so yeah, much. Play. Perhaps it's too much. You know, a bit of a information overload and conflicting data and stuff like that. Yeah, but back sure. when I started. Bear in mind, I was only like 13. Yeah. I sort of scrimmed every bit of money I had. After like, you know, once a month, I could buy a Flex or a Muscle and Fitness magazine, you know, and looking back, as a load of rubbish, really, you know. Yeah. You can very to some guys. You, They're still yeah. rubbish yeah. nowadays, to be honest. To be fair. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot <laughs> but, um, of crap in them. <laughs> I, I learned a lot. when I As soon as I was 17, I obviously passed my driving test. Sure. And I used to join the local... Um, weightlifting club or you know bodybuilding club if you like yeah so when i so that was 17 so when i i've been training you know four years mm-hmm. as best as i could you know um there's some guys there who'd been around the block you know they were, they were natural and they competed back in the you know the 60s sort of thing you know the, the golden era so yeah they they sort of took me under their wing a little bit and perhaps for my potential realized was it, that um, was it a hardcore gym was it was it like uh was it iron dumbbells and, and metal plates or was it? Yeah. yeah. Things welded you... together, you know. Nice. And lumps of iron on the, on the lap pull down, you know, as, as raw as you can get it, you know. And do you think that moulded you into sort of the athlete you are today? And do you think that maybe in today's day and age, people in these in these sort of very well-kept gyms with, with rubber dumbbells and, and lovely machines, do you think they're sort of maybe not introduced into it the, the way that you'd like to see bodybuilding introduced to them? I think so, to be fair, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> a great example would be people, even to this day, people would know me as as that guy that I'll always turn up, you know? I'll always be there. Yeah. If you can go to a gym with no heating, there's wet patches on the floor from where the roof's been leaking, you know, I'll still be there. I'll still <laughs> yeah. be hitting the workouts and picking up the cold steel, you know? And that's that's a good testament to anybody. If you can turn up and go through that, yeah. to not, you know, air-conditioned gym, then... It shows you there for the right reasons, you know. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, I I do agree with that. You like, honestly, I think people people do walk into gyms nowadays and essentially start with very sort of standardized movements when it comes to machines and just being gifted movements on a plate. So they don't actually learn how to move properly. So when you ask someone that's been you know, potentially training in their in their, their initial years, how to how, how to squat or or how to deadlift well, they 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 don't know how because they're not yeah. introduced to free weights and and barbell barbell movements initially, which is a shame. Um, but you know, hopefully, hopefully, the the way that we spread natural bodybuilding in the future can be can be a, a lesson for those and and people can get into more of the basics when they begin. Um, from a, from a nutrition perspective. What would you say, sort of, initially, when you started really wanting to put on muscle mass, what was your initial way of doing that? Would you say that you you maybe were one of those people that that gained too aggressively at the start, or and got got really out of shape, or or were you someone that sort of you know got the grasp on nutrition quite well from the, from the get go? I've always been a bit of a bit of a hard gainer, really, especially when I was younger. So. Yeah. In, in retrospect, I was guilty of probably not eating enough. Okay. Um, living at home, I could have eaten as much as I wanted to, really. But I think sure. the knowledge, yeah. In, in retrospect, 
it's, it's a wonderful thing, you know. That that would probably be my my limiting factor back then is I I could have eaten more. Mm. I think my training was was pretty good, so the the developments that I made were purely from application of training. So I think that still gave me some good foundations and some good sort of like techniques that I've still got with me. You know, sure. Nutrition nutrition is important, but I think from the early days you need to lay good foundations with the weights. You know. And I think <clears throat> once you get that right, you can just you can move forward with things. But yeah, I think people make the mistake of I don't know overcomplicating. Yeah, basically, mm. yeah, overcomplicating things and not really stripping it down to its true essence of what what it takes to build muscle. You know? Yeah. I wasn't starving myself. You know, I could eat more, but I was eating enough, and I yeah. made sure it was all lean. Yeah. You know, protein. I think back in the day, it was protein was the king. You know. Everything was protein, protein. So <laughs> I definitely had enough protein. Yeah, it is interesting. I think all of us start off with aggressively overfeeding protein. Like when we actually, because now I look at my protein intake over the court, the span of the time that I've been lifting, I, I, I'd look at a meal when I was initially training and <laughs> I'd say, oh, I need like two chicken breasts with that meal. And like now I see myself, especially when dieting, because yeah. prioritizing carbohydrates mainly some of my meals look like they have hardly any protein on them um but it's just sufficient you know we're we're, yeah. we're, we're, yeah. we're we're doing what the science and the literature says is sufficient um and it is interesting how people start off primarily you know two scoops away and two chicken <laughs> breasts per meal um no wonder people struggle gaining weight because the they're so full from the amount of protein they've been eating. Yeah, and um, scared of fats. You know, fats are the enemy. And, you know, we yeah. know today that fats are important. All the right fats are important. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So when it when it comes to competing, Matt, when was your first show? And uh, how how did you find the initial federation that you competed in with, with him first? Well, back in this, this gym that I, it's called Phoenix, back in this Phoenix stage when I was 17, when I was um, 18 and a half, people saw <clears throat> a couple of guys who trained years ago and a couple of guys who trained within the last sort of one or two years. Mm. They sort of took a look at me, watched me training, thinking, actually, you could do pretty well at this. You're only, you know, you're only a teenager. Why don't you give it a go? And I thought, yeah, maybe I should. I didn't have a clue what mm-hmm. I was doing. Everyone, you know, I could hit a double bicep in the mirror. Didn't yep. That's pretty <laughs> as far as it went, you know. So um, I took their advice, you know, I said, yeah, okay, when's, when is, you know, when's, there, when's there a show? And it was the A&B, which is now the NPA. I see. 19, oh, I was, I was 19, so whatever that is, 99, 1999 that would have been. Wow. A long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's like a Southwest show coming up in about uh, eight weeks' time, so... I stopped drinking beer when my mates went out in town. I, I still went out with them for some reason. I was drinking orange juice or something stupid. <laughs> and I don't, I don't another couple of tins of tuna just to make sure I don't have protein. Yep. And I uh, didn't, didn't have any gravy on my roast for about three weeks. And my mum thought I was mental. <laughs> I turned out I was in pretty damn shape. You know, I, was, I was lean anyway, you know, because yeah. I was training hard. Mm. And I turned up, I was, you know, I looked really good, you know. But to this day, I still, it still scars me that I turned up, never been to a show before in my life. And, you know, I don't mind admitting I should have won that show. Uh-huh. Like, uh, because I couldn't understand. I was on stage. <laughs> I was on stage and um, 
all these people in the crowd, I still even remember the number, I was number three. Yeah. Going, come on, number three, what are you doing? Come on. And when, when they did the, the relaxed posing, I was stood there like I was waiting for a bus. Oh, but, no. no. I was literally just stood there, arms by my sides, stared at in the distance, you know? Oh, man. And <laughs> so, yeah, the show was finished. I got third. The guy who won came right around and shook my hand. And I was like, ah! And I went back and I watched the rest of the show. And I just dropped into the seat. I couldn't believe it. What a pig's ear I made of that, you know? Oh, no. I just couldn't believe it. I saw how people were stirred and how presented themselves. Yeah. Uh, it scarred me for years, you know? Uh-huh. I, couldn't, I couldn't bear it, you know? I also posted a picture of myself at 19 because I looked, you know, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> that was that was that for years, you know. And then, um, a good, whew, maybe 10 years later, I sure. was 28. I thought, yeah, 2009 it was. I thought, um, perhaps I need to I need to put this to bed because, you know, I'm still having to give myself sleepless nights at times over this. So, it was the NPA Southwest as a novice so I prepped for that a bit more knowledgeable not great deal to be honest I did do a proper diet because um, I was a couple of guys who turned up at the gym had competed before fairly recently so they gave me a bit of advice and I was actually training with one of them and I did that and I won I won the Southwest Novice oh, so great mm-hmm. pretty pleased with that you know put some demons to bed if you like yeah I went on to the finals and I came fourth in the finals that's when Shane Raymond was there Oh, interesting. Okay. He, he won the novices then, and um, I was a bit disappointed because I think I looked even better at the finals because I see I was dieting for even longer. Mm. This was before they did the weight splits, so I was giving away maybe thirty kilos, you know. Oh wow! Okay, so yeah. Because Shane's kilos. a big guy, isn't he? I think he yeah, turned pro as a heavyweight. Yeah. I'm a lightweight. Mm. I was a, a small lightweight then, so I was pleased that I sort of, you know put a few things to bed, but then uh, you know, left me with some more questions about, well, what would I do now, you know? Sure. <clears throat> so I left it a few years, training even harder, because that still really motivated me. Yeah. <clears throat> I realised that it's something that I really, you know, I wanted to do. So then we took me to 2012, and I thought, well, maybe logic says I'm a lightweight, why don't I have a go at being a lightweight? Mm-hmm. So same thing again, did that, and... Um, that's the first year I won the British, the NPA British. Awesome. So the first British title. So that was pretty special, you know, that sort of, you know, made me realise that I was not too bad at bodybuilding, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, when you get that sort of calibre, you, you realise you've got potential. But uh, 2012 was an insane year for me because um, we, me and my partner, Claire, we renovated our house. It went way beyond, beyond schedule. So I was dieting, renovating the house, which oh is bizarre. She was pregnant. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Hayden was premature as well. And he was wow. in special care. Wow. So I didn't even know if I could make the final. So the, my head was sort of, you know. Yeah. Spinning around, you know. And I made it, you know. I, Hayden came out special care. The house got finished. I went to the finals and I won. And mm-hmm. it worked. You know, that shows that hard work does pay off, you know. And I, yeah, for sure. So after that, Michael Phillips gave me a call and said, would you like to go to Slovakia for the Worlds? And I was so, my head was so spinning, I didn't even, I didn't even consider the Worlds, you know, that's, mm-hmm. my head was just in pieces by then. Yeah. And I, I said, yeah, brilliant. So Claire was helping me to go. So I went to Slovakia. 
as a bantam weight, which suited me even more because the, you know, the weight limit was even lower. I see. <clears throat> and um, I came second, second in the world. Mm-hmm. And I was pleased with that, but in the, this was the UIBVN, and the UIBVN is all in French. I so when see. I got there, I didn't realise all the calls were in French. Ah. <laughs> so I'm looking up and down the line, waiting for the soldiers to move, and I copy them. <laughs> so I'm literally half a, half a pose behind everybody. Yeah. And I put that down to my second place, you know. Ah, yeah. Go. Yeah. So that was good. But the problem with me is I'm so focused on things that if something doesn't quite go right, but I can see a reason why it didn't, I have to correct that because it's in my power to do that, you know? Do it again. It's too stubborn for me. I'm good, probably, you know. But <laughs> that's, that's just the fire that's in your belly, you know? You, you either got it or you haven't, you know? And I think that's taken me through all these training sessions and, you know, you can't really excuse yeah. who you are and how you, how you approach things, you know? Yeah, no way. Yeah, of course. So I thought maybe I should just put that to bed as well. So 2013, did it again competed, won the second MPA British lightweight title. Mm-hmm. I was pleased about because that was a tough lineup because you had guys from cross federations like the BNBF filtering into the MPA. Sure. Like a, a lightweight showdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did that and I was, that, was, that really sort of solidified my opinion of what I'm capable of, I guess, you know, because yeah, yeah, when you go against more people from cross fields then yeah you're already putting yourself on the line you know bodybuilding is a perfect example of that still yeah. down little pair of trunks yeah for sure so um went to paris for the uibbm worlds again i was lucky my mate toby came with me batman and robin so we, we traveled <laughs> over there <laughs> had a great trip and um yeah you know in his first place in the in paris awesome so that was really good and that was your first world title correct that- First words, yes, I came yeah. second in one and then my first win in the world. Yeah, awesome. So that was really good, yeah. I was pretty pleased with myself with that. And how does that work with the UIBBN? Did they offer pro cards at that point in time or was it just a world title? It was literally just a world title. I mean, okay. to be honest, that was that was the extent of my knowledge with it all. Yeah. I, I wasn't even aware there was pro cards. Oh, interesting, okay. No. Fair enough. And obviously, because... Um, when Hayden was born, I couldn't do the UK DFBA that year. I see. And yep. the year after, it was his first birthday, so I missed that. Yeah, could, yeah. You know, I can really sort of go off and do that. And then I got a bit more knowledgeable, did more research. Obviously, things like, uh, like the internet was a bit more popular then, you know, with podcasts and interviews and things like that. Sure. So I could sort of get a bit more clued up on it. So 2015 came along. I gave myself a year off. 2015 came along. I thought, right, I'm going to see what this is all about, you know, see what happens. So I did the UK DBFBA, uh, would have been the, well, just the British, I suppose, it would have been at the time, the show that you did as well, didn't you? Yeah, that's correct, because they didn't have qualifiers back then. It was just a one, one-off show. Yeah, it was just the the one in um, Leamington Spa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So I did that as a lightweight, and... Um, that's when I think me and you stepped on stage briefly. Yeah, together. I think I was. Um, was that lightweights or was that bantams? Did they have bantams back then? Ban- and even yeah, yeah. I think That's it was because it was Dean. It was I think it was Dean and you. Um, and then yeah, I was in that field as a teen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I did that, but after so I hadn't competed for over a year, so I was a little bit rusty and 
it didn't go quite to plan. Uh, just a few things, family things, just sort of fared up. And it was trust me, a pretty stressful time. And it just oh, didn't quite stress. happen. Yeah. So uh, I did that, and I came back the following day, did the international, and won that. So that's what made me eligible for the to the world. Sure. Um, so I did that, um, and really, I was really lucky that um, one of the judges, I'm quite friendly with, John Harris. Yes. A, yeah. Yeah. He's one of the people that I really I, I trust his advice. Of course. So John sort of pulled me to the side and said, you know, you're on the verge of this. You just need to sort of tweak a few things. And I took his advice. And another friend of mine, um, Simon Jerky, who works with Bolt Powders, he gave me some good advice as well. And so I sort of did a few tweaks. And I went on and did the, the NPA British finals. And I won that again. So I think I was the first lightweight to win it three times, I think. Wow, yeah, yeah, I knew I knew you'd win it. You'd won it a lot, but I didn't realize it was three. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I was kind of like a three feet. I thought he's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Um, and the the difference, the, the tweaks, and the yeah, the, the way the the stress sort of subdued itself. Were the tweaks mainly from a diet perspective, or just bringing in extra conditioning, or yeah? So there's a few dietary tweaks, and I sort of I did up the cardio a little bit as well and okay. uh, family life settled down so the stress went down so everything sort of came up to a nice a yeah. nice peak and that's probably the best I've ever looked at the time yeah sure I'm really really happy with that it's, it's two different physiques you know within it was only two weeks it's drastic what can stress what stress and a little tweak can do yeah, exactly. yeah. Was, what did you do what did you do and the actual technical things were pretty minute really yeah but it transformed me you know uh huh so um, after the, the NPA British finals, I wanted to see what the WMBF was like because I've done the URBBN twice. Mm. I wanted to sort of see how the other half compared, you know. Yeah. Lucky that Lee um, gave me a spot on the team. So we went to um, went to the States, New Jersey. Oh, okay, that was New Jersey, was it? Yeah. Nice. Brilliant team. You know, I always think anybody who's got the chance or the privilege to go out and be part of a team, like you've experienced, you know. Yeah. There's something else. We're so lucky in this country that that's available to us, you know. Tell me about it. People you're around with, you know. It's just like, you know, the bus was like a, you know, a moving vehicle of knowledge, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and making friendships that, you know, will always be there now, you know. Yeah, sure. So that was a... So, yeah, so that back then... It was a bit, the WMBF went a bit weird that year. They they stopped doing the IMBF and it was just the WMBF. Okay. So there was no sort of they just, there's that one one complete show. There's no uh, there was still an amateur division of it, but the amateur was called the WMBF as well. Oh, interesting. Right, very interesting. Hmm. But now it's gone back to the IMBF, so I don't really know what happened that year. Yeah, sure. Interesting. So I did the the lightweights there. Um, What's the weight cutoff out of interest at the in the WMBF? Because I know that in the UK we have slightly different weight cutoffs. Am I correct? Comparison to yeah. the world's. We do, yeah. I think I think at the time the WMBF amateur was up to seventy kilos. I think, or it might be it's around seventy anyway. I can't right, quite remember. Okay. I know that the UIBBM bantam was sixty-five, and then the lightweight was something like seventy-two. Sure. Okay. So I knew I was giving a bit more away, but that's what it was. Mm. So I did the um, so I did the amateurs, <clears throat> and I won that. So that's why. So I had a. URBBN world and a, w, a WMF world as well. So yeah, sure. 
that was really cool and that that made me eligible to do the because I, I won in the fashion that I did it's like a unanimous win and there's enough in the class that made me eligible for a pro card perfect and that's great because the pro show was the day after so it, yeah well, they did it the day after didn't they yeah that year yeah so I was in a great shape probably the shape of my life and the show was like the day after so why wouldn't I you know yeah. mad not to turn us down so yeah I did the pro show the day after so that was really good was that the year Brian won? It was, yeah. That's the time he won the overall. Yes, yeah. I mean, just just as, as an example, you mentioned Brian. Brian's one of my favourite bodybuilders, you know. Snap. <laughs> when we were walking around in the way in the day before, my friend of mine, Toby, he, was, he came with me. He said, hey, look at this, look at this. And he showed me a picture of his phone. He managed to get like a selfie with him and Brian. Mm. And I was so jealous. I thought, you bastard, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the way, and I managed to get, grab hold of him. So I had a picture taken with him. So I was pretty pleased with myself that. Yeah, great. And all of a sudden, I got this pro card, and I'm backstage, and it's like pumping, pumping up with him. There's people everywhere, and Brian's next to me. You know, we're pumping up together. Uh-huh. This has gone. This is, yeah, this is insane. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> I'm pumping up with Brian, having a chat with him, and uh, you know, I had another picture with him. This is really good. Um, I went on, did the pro show, and I made. I got the call back, so I was in the top five. Sure. So I've gone from like, you know, being envious of this selfie that my mate's got of him, and the next thing I'm on the I'm in the podium with Brian, you know, having a picture taken. Amazing. So yeah, well, I made the podium on my cross pro show, so it's pretty made up with that. Mm. And probably then at that point that's made me realise that all the shows I've done and everything that I've won, I'm not disregarding them, but that when I came home that's when I realised what I could do and what I am capable of that yeah. where I am within the sport you know yeah and that's a great motivating factor and it certainly made me have a word of myself and realise what I want to do and what my next moves are because I knew I knew that I improved but what do I need to do now to take it to the next level of course yeah yeah and that reflected how I train now really yeah, of course. So did you take a year a year out in 2016? Was it was it a full year out away from competition? Yeah. So cool. I did I came home it was like late 2015 was the show. Yes, yeah. It was like all of 2016. And I said to myself if I can if I can create something I'm happy with then I'll I'll do it again. Yeah. So <clears throat> I had a chat with myself and I realized well what do I want from this, you know? What, what do I need to do? What do I need to change? So I started, I decided that I want to train as a bodybuilder. So my training took a decisive turn then. There's, you know, in my view, there's two types of training. There's powerlifting and there's the gray bit in between and then there's bodybuilding. Sure. And I'll make sure everything I did took the bodybuilding box. Yeah. So came down to exercise choice, things like um, bench press, forget it, it's gone. Not even okay. the bench press. Interesting. Um, rep ranges, they all changed. And do you, you know, mainly focus on higher rep range work? Yeah, higher reps, more sets, sure. more density. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, it's a quite a conscious decision, and quite a bit of a brave decision, really. That yeah. forget the weights, you know, because yeah, you know, I've knocked out some not bad numbers over the years. Of course, yeah. I kind of feel like I've ticked that box in terms of. 
PBs and stuff like that. And that probably accrued a lot of your initial tissue, initial muscle fair, tissue. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you know, I've, I've done some reasonable numbers, and especially in the early days, I did train heavier. Yeah. Go for, but then you get to a certain age of training, you're thinking, well, I've ticked that box, and I've sort of survived without really any injury. So yeah, so lucky. Fake, you know. I mean, also, my philosophy now is that bodybuilding is making something as hard as you can for yourself. Powerlifting is all about economy of effort, yeah. efficiency, yeah. and practice. Bodybuilding is, what can I do to make this as hard as possible, you know, to make things as long, as slow, as mm-hmm. tight, as hard mm-hmm. as I can, you know. That's bodybuilding. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. So, you know, I put some horrible sessions together, you know, real painful stuff that no one would choose <laughs> their right mind, you know, these exercise choices. And, you know, I think I responded really well. And Made some good improvements. Definitely, yeah. Perhaps in hindsight, I should have done that a couple of years ago. But then, would that be the sacrifice of the density that I built up, you know? Sure. It certainly was the right time, right call at the right time, you know, with the age I am. And so I did that and um, building up, so I did the 2017 International. That was um, last year. And I changed things up again then. I, I went from three days to four days. Of training, yeah. So I've yeah. always ever trained three days, but that was wow, really that's crazy. Yeah, that's surprising. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. I think because it comes from the old school, how I how I was brought up. If you like the old school spitting sawdust, that you train really heavy, you train really hard, get out, you, recover. You need those recovery days, you know. Yeah, that's kind of improving. It's a bit unnecessary. And naturals have got, you know, they need more stimulation than enhanced guys. But at the time, that was kind of my my logic but i did train yeah. pretty pretty brutally back in the early days <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't have trained more than three days in a row to be fair you know no no this new change in direction allowed me to do a bit more a bit more volume and i could sort of move things around so i could hit things that i wanted to concentrate on there's obviously everybody's got some areas they want to they want to work on you know of course so this new four day split allowed me to do that and i think it certainly was a good move and I think I've made some improvements again. So yeah, of course. I think the, the the package I presented last year was certainly my best. Yeah, and did you have any sort of like? Because I, I remember in the latter end of my prep, I found your thread on um, the Natural Muscle Forum um, or one of the Natural Bodybuilding Forums, and I believe that you you certainly tried or trialed some alternate like alternative dietary methods especially when you got a little bit lean i think you were playing about with carbohydrates a little bit so did you do did you do anything differently in terms of diet other comparison to other preps that you did and do you think that any any of the things that you did in the 2017 prep for, for were more beneficial than in past preps definitely i mean when i when i came home um from the states with, with the pro card yeah i um i immersed myself with knowledge and books and podcasts things yeah. like you know the podcasts you provide there's oh, so much information out there now and i just you know i just consume myself with it and, you know it must have thrown my, the radio out of my car because i just downloaded a podcast on my phone bugged them in oh perfect whenever i drove anywhere i was like a sponge just drawing all this information in and with this knowledge and with with me i have my own theories and then when when the science sort of confirms it, then I I fully embrace it, you know. And I think that's obviously if the science backs up my logic, then 
that's the way I'm going to take things, you know. So I definitely got more immersed in the numbers this year, or last uh, time, sorry. Okay. In terms of how much I need and how do, how am I going to prioritize these restricted calories, you know, how, okay. how are these spent, you know. So I certainly adopted um, a higher carbohydrate approach this time. So in the past, were you more sort of like meal plan based and you would just put together like a menu of what you would eat and you'd, you'd roughly know the quantities and or, or have you been some, like for example, do you, do you track your food using MyFitnessPal or are you someone that would literally write it out in a notepad and, and have everything sort of worked out to the gram in, in a notepad? Pretty much notepad style. Yeah, then. I'd imagine you to be like that. <laughs> <laughs> and everything was the same. I knew, I mean, to be fair, I'm, I'm like it to the biggest part, to the most part now that I'll keep most foods the same and then I know exactly what I'm having and if I just, if I want to make an adjustment then just I can just reduce something. the food, yeah. just you know, trim it away a little bit. But this, the last time I got a lot more scientific with it in terms of numbers of you know, grams of protein and grams of carbs and grams of fat, you know, and really sort of put them under the microscope and see what I can get rid of and what, what sort of base numbers I need to sort of have. Sure. So the, the protein was a lot lower this time. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, a lot lower. And it was more controlled because obviously the first diet, bit of diet is easy. You, you, you clean everything up, so that's easy. So I did that. And then I decided what I needed or what I'd be happy with, what numbers I'd be happy with in terms of protein and things like that. There's sure. a number that I wouldn't really prepare to go below. So once I knew that number, I could just manipulate everything else to suit. Was that roughly a, a gram per pound, or, or did you go any lower than that? Because I've, I've heard, you know, I've heard people going even lower than a gram per pound sometimes. Um, I was a bit, yeah, I was. It's about a gram, slightly over actually. Okay. It was about, well, actually, that actual number is about two point six grams. Okay. No. Okay. So point two five or something like that mm-hmm. per pound. Um, so that's kind of where I didn't really want to go below, but I knew I could trim a little bit more if I wanted to. Same with fats. I didn't want to go below, you know, say 40 grams, for instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once, once I hit those buffers, then carbs have come down, but I didn't need to go that low. The, you know, where I ended up, carbs are still pretty high, higher than they've ever been yeah, from sure. a diet perspective. And then I could, I found I was stronger. I didn't really lose any strength. I was yeah. fuller. Yeah. So the science is there and it's proven, you know, anecdotally as well. But... Sure. And I mean, from a from an off-season standpoint, I mean, I don't tend to see you ever get really that out of shape. You certainly don't push up your body weight from the outside looking in. I've never seen you look like you've pushed up a huge significant amount upon your stage weight. So... How much was the difference between sort of your 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 off season weight at the end of that twenty sixteen off season to when you finished your your prep? How much sort of weight did you drop in that time period? Um, the heaviest I've ever been was, was seventy kilos. Wow. Yeah. yeah okay. Carved so up. I was about sixty two. Yes, yeah, so it's not sure. a huge drop. So no, I think maybe ten, twelve, no more than fifteen percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. When people say you need, you know, you need a surplus, sure, you need a surplus. Yes. But at what point is it over a surplus? You know, I knew if I was to get to seventy-five kilos, 
I've probably been any stronger than 70 kilos, you know? It's not linear. Yeah, is it is it worthwhile weight people are adding? Yeah, you know? and of course, uh, you know, I, my own philosophy is you think of things like your skin, you know, you need to look after your skin. and Yeah, for sure. Go in way heavy and way back. You know, I've seen some guys with wrecked skin, stretch marks, and that it's just not good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pushing up, pushing down kind of thing and a continued yeah. process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also... I want to look like a bodybuilder, yeah. You know, I don't look like great for six weeks of the year and look like a sack of shit the rest of the year, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people, you know, people see me off season and think, oh, you, you know, you're shredded. I'm not. No. Compared no, no. to what shredded is, but I'm happy with how I look, you know. Sure, sure. Just the balance, really. Yeah, of course. And and when it when it comes to sort of staying in relatively good composition year round. Would you say that you're someone that's very structured with your diet on a, on a sort of a year-round perspective? So in the off-season, do you sort of still have a very similar structure in the way that you eat? Or are you more open to social occasions? Obviously, having a family and a little one, I expect that you have to occasionally hop out of plan now and again. But how does your off-season food look? Um, it's, it's relatively clean, I'd have said. And it's mm. fairly repetitive. But I'm happy that I don't, I don't know the percentage, but we'll say 80, 85% of it is consistent and clean. And then the other 15%, 20% isn't really going to matter. I can do whatever I want with that 20%, you know, because it's the majority of it is clean and it's enough to maintain where I'm happy with, you know, to maintain a, a healthy look and still relatively fit, you know. Mm, sure. I can do things without being restricted. So I find the right balance, really. Do you, do you keep any sort of cardio in, in the off-season? Are you a believer of doing some some sort of aerobic exercise in the off-season? Or do you do you tend to save that for when you need it in, in a contest prep? I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> in reality, I mean, when, as you know, when you're, when you're competing, you're so focused. I was a machine last year. You know, I could, I Take could everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, was, I was a fitness, you know, pinnacle of my fitness, really. And it's a shame to see it slide like it did, but I do I do bits. I try to get out in the fresh air, so I've got like a road bike for cycling. Oh, nice. So have I. I just haven't used it enough because it's freezing. <laughs> it's like all oh, my legs are so fat. <laughs> yeah, I can't ride. <laughs> I can't drive it enough. So I try to, but in reality, no, I don't do as much as I could do. Yeah. But I, I, I'm happy with, you know, I'd make, I work up a sweat in the gym, so I'm, you know, I'm getting a bit of a workout, I suppose. Sure, of course. Cool. So... I think I think what we should sort of perhaps round up the podcast on is, is you know I, I know that from from the the time that you turned pro, which you know in in relative terms in comparison to some professional bodybuilders, you know if you look at like Ricard, Philip Ricardo Jr. and things like that, and Marshall Johnson, you know they've been going for a, for a long long time, so you've certainly got time to make improvements. Um, I know that you didn't go out to the worlds this year. I think family commitments, etc stopped you from going out to the world sorry last year um but what's the overall goal for you in the in the coming years what would you like to sort of re- is there anything you really want to tick off before you potentially look at saying i'm not going to compete anymore kind of thing um i was pretty happy with how last year went into uh, uh, you know as an appearance as yeah as sure it was great and i did i did have plans to go to the world's to be honest, but if, you know, things, you know, happened at home that, I mean, I couldn't go, but Claire's been so supportive of me for all the other times, you know, it's like, it's pretty selfish hobby. And 
yeah, the call was made. I didn't go. You, know, you got it. I won't go. Yeah. So I do feel as if I got. I'd like to go to the worlds again and go against some of the best guys. Yeah, sure. And I do think I can. I can. I can improve again by just constantly absorbing all this new knowledge and techniques and applications. And you know, if I if I felt as if I have improved, then I, I'll. I'd want to present it. You know. But I'm not, I'm not one of these people just to compete just because they got the itch. For the sake of it. Yeah, it has to be a worthwhile commitment, you know. Yeah, of course. Of course. Awesome. Cool. Um, so, also, like, this year, are there any plans to compete? Um, are you going to you gonna get back on stage at the UK, or are you keeping that under wraps at the moment? Uh, <laughs> uh, no plans to compete this year. I want to... I think, you know... A lot of people compete too too frequently. Agrees. And Agrees. Yeah. If you're if you're properly lean, like I was happy in the condition I was in last year, it takes your body and your hormones to settle down several months. You know. Yeah. Tell really, me about it. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you're comparing. You know, you're competing again. So realistically, how much are you going to improve in four or five months? You know. So. Yeah. I don't why I wouldn't want to compete every year. So it's pretty advisable to not compete this year anyway. Sure. Uh, the burning desire to, you know, so that's the plan to sort of keep keep improving, try and try and grow, try and improve the areas that I want to I want to improve on. Sure, of course. And what areas are they? Do do you sort of have specific body parts that you want to bring up at the moment? Yeah, I mean the the, the training pattern that I've sort of compiled is is designed to hit those areas. Mm. But it's mainly probably quads, upper quad sweep. Okay, interesting. And a bit more dealt with, yeah. Sort of dealt with because I'm very, I'm very sort of trap heavy. So I'm trying to sort of balance that out a little bit because the traps are quite overpowering. They sort of from the front, that's, the yeah, width, kind yeah. of exacerbate the the, the the lack of width, if you will. You know, so I'm sort of working on that. Um, and that's about it, really. I think. Sure. Yeah, I think that's what most people want to improve. Like they, they have specific body parts they potentially want to lay a little bit more focus on. But I think everyone's searching for this continual uh, search for size everywhere. You know, like I look at my physique now and I'm like, I mean, yes, I could say I want bigger arms as a as a spe- as a specificity, but I need more mass everywhere if I want to compete against the people I need to compete to next to. Like the next time I will step on stage, so. You know, it just it's just a case of putting it on everywhere. I think most people need to ditch a little bit, especially when you're younger, ditch a bit of prioritisation and just focus on growing everything, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't think... It's not necessarily like turning a toggle switch, you know. You need to just keep that training going, you know, because the way things get stimulated and developed, you know, things cross over anyway when you're training, yeah. your, back, you're training your biceps and... Sure. Yeah, that's so... It's not as clear cut as that, but I still think frequency is probably where it's at now. I think certainly as a natural, of course. which is ironic, is you know when I started out, it was kind of like that's oh, the you, opposite. <laughs> yeah, you overtrain and you'll get smaller, you know, not bigger. Cool. Um, and also, like final thing, if if people are sort of wanting to get in touch with you or contact you or ask you more questions, um, do you sort of? I know that you you'll happily field questions through Instagram and. And Facebook and things like that. So if anyone does want to contact Matt, make sure you do, and I'll leave links below. But do you ever help people 
with diet or do you ever help people with posing or anything like that have you ever helped people with diet or posing or anything yeah sure i mean i sort of get a few you know a few friends and guys in the gym i might help i don't i don't want to i've been asked several times to prep people sure because I, I do it all myself so yeah of course you know, my friend, I, don't, I don't use any coaches or anything like that yeah the problem i'd have is i'd, I'd be so worried about wanting to you know often help and then not giving them the full support that obviously a neurotic dieting bodybuilder would probably need you know yeah so i'm I'm actually going down the, the, the posing workshop route at the moment. I want to, I really, that's an aspect that I really enjoy doing. Sure. I think I saw you, was I right? And so did you advertise something quite recently as the posing yeah. workshop? Yeah, I thought you did because I didn't want to yeah. say it and then not have yeah, it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I'll make sure that, wh- when's that happening? Is it, has it happened yet or is it happening soon? I've got one planned at the end of the month and if that goes well, I'm going to do like one-to-ones and things like that as well. But Awesome. Cool. I'd like to do you know, workshops and, uh, I love doing routines. That's sort of uh, yeah, so I, yeah. I, I was going to say if, if people want help with their routines, definitely go to Matt. Yeah, for sure. Cool. And will you be at Body Power with Bulk Powders? Do you know about that yet? Yep. Yeah, so I'll be there on the bulk stand again. If anyone wants to come over and say hi and awesome. Any questions? I'm happy to help. Happy to answer. Superb. Cool. Cool. So yeah, guys, we'll we'll pretty much leave it there. Um, thank you again very much for listening. Hope you've enjoyed the episode. Um, thank you for your time, Matt. I uh, really appreciate it. No worries, um, that's good and of of course, keep your eyes peeled for the for the future episodes. I'm I'm sure over the course of the season we'll be getting more people on. Maybe we'll do some in person interviews. I think that would be quite cool if we can get people together at shows and things like that. That'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, make sure to follow Matt and the rest of his journey and what he's doing. And if you're at Body Power, make sure to go to the Bolt Powder stand and uh, give him give him a wave and and say hi. And uh, yeah, we'll leave it for there. Thanks, guys. See you in a bit. Bye.